Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Ricky, and with me as always is Bill. Hey. Brandon. Hey, guys. And James. Hey, We're everyone. A disabled guys. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't I done that before while I interrupted you, James? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oops. That's yeah, cool. Okay. Don't worry about it. Alright, moving on. We are a couple disabled guys passionate about gaming and accessibility, and together we are Wheel Life Problems. <laughs> Damn it, I can't believe I did that again. Just interrupt. <laughs> you did the worst. In the West. I know. I should just do that throughout the entire episode. Every time James tries to say something, he's like, ah. <laughs> what, did you did you say something? Nope, I, I interrupted. Hey, just say hi, randomly. <laughs> hi. Hello. <laughs> like, hey, James. Like, just in the middle of him talking. Yeah, just mm-hmm. don't, hey. don't forget, I'll be editing this podcast, so, like, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be able to, like, chop up my voice to make me say something terrible. Yeah, basically. Um, I... Here, edit, edit this then. I like penis. There you go. Which episode are we on, by the way? Is this episode 16? We are. Uh, as, as, welcome yeah. to Wheel Life... Wheel Life Problems, episode 16, the interrupting version. Okay. All right. Well, moving into today's topic, after our walking on eggshells or stepping on each other's toes or rolling on each other's toes, whatever you guys want to say it. So recently, uh, games done quick happened. Well, how did did you guys? Uh, what did you guys think of games done quick? I thought it was pretty interesting. I thought it was definitely a cool event uh, because we were dealing with, uh, I believe, it is Doctors Without Borders, which they go pretty much everywhere and help people act epidemics and other other nasty things that we don't want in the world um so that's a good thing and it right. seems like it was monopolizing twitch quite a bit so that's a good thing yeah i was uh doing a little bit of research on the games done quick and realized they uh raised over three million dollars for doctors without borders really that is really awesome at least that's what I found. I may be wrong. If anyone wants to correct me, correct me. But that was my findings, and I was pretty surprised about that. So, that sounds about like, right. Yeah, that is an impressive amount of fundraising. Yeah, especially for especially, such a cause, especially for a Twitch event. Yeah, it just goes to show you, like, like for like uh for me, who I had never heard of games done quick until like last week, like the the fact that you know this is. You know, to some, an underground event that just raises a shit ton of money for a good cause just goes to show, like, like, I, okay, maybe I don't know what I'm trying to say when it goes to show, but I'm just, very, I'm very impressed. <laughs> is what yeah. I'm getting at. I got you. And even more impressive is just seeing people who are speedrunners and watching them tear through video games. Right. right. So, just like an overview for what Games Done Quick is, for if there's any listeners that don't know what it is, it's just basically a speedrunning charity event going across several games, and they raise money, they have sponsors, and then all that goes to the towards the like we said, Doctors Without Borders, right? Uh yes. Cool. So now everyone's on the oh. same page. There you or go. Médecins Sans Frontières. Ooh, I like that. So, was there anything that you guys saw at the Games Done Quick that like kind of impressed you, or did you watch any of the speed runs, or um... share your thoughts? Yeah, I watched some of them. Um, just have a had a wee sort of skim through. I didn't watch it live, but I did find their YouTube playlist where all of the the archive footage of all the different speed runs is is listed. So, like, I'll put that in the episode description notes as well. If anybody listening to this wants to go find out. Um, but there were a couple of games there that I was interested in seeing speedruns for. Like like, uh, like what, for example? Yeah, so um, the first one, which I didn't know there was any sort of special conditions to this one, but I saw Punch-Out for the Wii, which I've never really seen any gameplay footage for, but I've liked the Punch-Out games on previous Nintendo consoles. 
But when I got there, I found that the guy was playing blindfolded, which that's really pretty hard. Literally blindfolded. <laughs> yeah, they were playing it just wow. to audio cues. Hello, and as challenging as the fights in the game were, you know, obviously being a speedrunner, games done quick. He's mm. very well practiced in it, so the the almost as challenging was the the Wii's pointer system using the menus. So it's he had. Oh, to, it was on the on the Wii. I was thinking of the Switch. Yeah, no, it was on the Wii. So you had to use that daft motion control pointer thing to, uh -huh. to navigate the menus, oh. and when you can't see where it is on the screen, then you have to sort of. You know, you don't, you know, maybe you'll hear a tone when it goes over, when the cursor goes over a menu option. And then you go, okay, so that's maybe in the middle of the screen. Scroll left, like pan left, pan right to sort of see if there's anything else there and figure it out. So, I mean, a lot of, a decent amount of time on the run was taken up with just navigating the menus blindfolded. Which, I mean, oh, wow. that's a big sort of usability <laughs> problem for blind people in, in a lot of games, especially if it's... it's Sorry, I interrupted you again. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I was going on and on, but the, it's the... the theme of the episode, sir. But to... no, I was just going to ask I was going to ask: Are the mechanics really that predictable for Punch Out that you can, you know, be able to play that blindfolded, or is it just kind of like, you know, punch and go type thing? You know, you just kind of hope for the best that you're swinging the nunchuck in the Wii mode at the same like. Well, I think. Am I doing this correctly? <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was. Um, I think it was all just um, button inputs he was doing. I don't think it was. I don't think it was motion controlled. But I was sort of focusing more on the gameplay footage than what he was doing with his hands. But the. Um, where was I going with this? Yeah, the. The the routines for the 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 opponent boxers. The a lot of them are, like predictable. And will follow set patterns, so it's it's not like you know like a, a traditional boxing game where you can throw out maybe any punch at any time. Certain boxers, certain opponents will do the same uh, routines. If you can do it, like if you can go through a pattern with the right timing, then you can always win. If you can stick to that pattern, there's no guesswork involved. It varies from boxer to boxer, but it's it's um yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, Patterns and predictability sort of built into it, if you know what you're looking for. So what you're getting at is the real, the most impressive part really is him just navigating the menu screen. Then yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is uh, the excitement right. of it all. So I I looked through the playlist. I I uh, watched one of them. Well, I guess I didn't watch the entirety of it because it was over an hour long. And you know they say it's a speed run, but an hour is still a long ass time. But uh, right. I, was, I was I was watching the one for the guy who did uh, portals too, and it's just kind of crazy just how fast he's shooting portals and just jumping through and knowing where to go and like uh, taking the companion cubes and just tossing them like right where he needs to first try and stuff. I'm just like, my god, I you've think really they got right. the third fastest playthrough of that game. I I don't recall if. Don't quote me on this, but I I heard in the coverage that uh, it was the game was completed in an hour and like three minutes. Yeah, that's uh I don't know if that's good because I've never played Portal. But um Coming from someone who's never played it either, yeah. but I've seen people play it, it is I mean, I don't, I'm on the same boat as you. I don't know if an hour three is impressive or not. I'm assuming it's impressive because if it's the third fastest time. But right, just, right. Like watching someone who played it just normally trying to figure out the puzzles and stuff and then watching a speedrunner play it, I was like, wow, this is way different than my dumbass friend trying to play it. Just... <laughs> and I was very impressed. Hey, be nice to Bill. <laughs> 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 I was trying to keep him incognito, but was there? Uh, I mean, okay, that was the one game I've I found like very impressive. I mean, was there anyone other ones that you guys saw 
Um, they were playing through, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Prey. And I thought that, that was pretty cool how he was just going and ignoring things. Now, explain Prey to me because I didn't see that one and I've never heard of that game. Um, Prey is super cool. It's, um, basically you get, you get taken to a space station and you're trying to, um, Trying to remember what it was. Oh, that game. Brother was uh, your brother was like up there or something, and a whole bunch of shit happens. Yeah, it's like a single player RPG, like a sci-fi RPG. Hmm. Um, it's really. I only played like through maybe like half the game, but. I very much enjoyed it. It's a Bethesda title, though. Well, what's that? Well, what, wait, 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 what's that supposed to mean? Yeah, it's what oh, that oh, I, I assume <laughs> it means that it's guaranteed at least one bug. Oh. Or I thought, well, as Todd, Todd Howard would put it, it just works. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were about to have like a whole meltdown uh bethesda first no no i i love bethesda titles uh okay yeah the way you made it sounds like it is a bethesda title too and i was like all right here comes the juicy stuff (laughs) just buggy huh i mean a lot of the times uh bethesda titles tend to have at least one bug to them and that's why there's usually such a like robust modding community around uh, a lot of their titles. But it's actually like Fallout awesome. or Skyrim or what have you. Or if they ever make, if they ever open up private servers for seventy six. So that would uh, actually be really cool, and I would totally play on one. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, who would be owning one like day one? Right. Um, <laughs> Definitely be me. I mean, you just saw that Serene is going to send me a map <laughs> that she got from the. I did order. see that. Yeah, I'm like the only person that was like, "Give me." <laughs> I'll well, take one. <laughs> I have a question about the bugs thing again, though. Though, isn't bugs. that something that speedrunners take advantage of? Though, a lot of the times when they're going through games, is like finding a bug they can manipulate to better advance their times. Like, I'm pretty mm. sure. Yeah, that's what. Um, yes. But a lot of times they're usually usually the way that they define it in speedrunning is basically the way I thought the way I figured it is like for instance in the original code I don't know if it's for the first Mario game or the second one but in one of the Mario games in the code that original code there was an issue that was created and as a result um, they they say that it's totally legal um, and counts as a valid speedrun if you use that exploit. There I are thought that some was Mario ex- 3. Yeah, it must be Mario 3 because I didn't know which Mario it was. But anyways, there's only certain games that they will define that. And they'll be like, you know, there's certain there's other games where it's like if you do a certain exploit, it's considered cheating. And it's not it it it, it would make the speed run to be invalid. But that's that's dependent on I don't know who determines whether it would be valid, but I think there's some sort of speed running like main group or something from what i've been told i don't know everything about i think there's it, a I... website yeah there's like a where you can like enter in your times yeah you also so, like, have to post a video of it like you have to have like some of them require actually like... mm-hmm. yeah especially if you're like top 10 or something so there's yeah, like a then... un of speedrunning council Something I mean, like there there are definitely established hard and fast rules as to what you're allowed to like Take do and what they would require for a um, decent sub- submission. All right. Well, let's right. let's get into that then. What are what are the rules that you guys are aware of that are involved in speed running? Then that's a well, good background uh, well I think for starters you have to be um, working with the or at least 
working with a certain base version of the of the software. So no yeah. modded games in, at all. Yeah, yeah, no modded games, mm. no no game genies, no action replays, no game sharks, no cheat engine. Um, no emulators. Um, hmm. No, I'd be surprised if there was no emulators, but there's um <laughs> because even on like like say for example you're you're trying to play something like Mario Three, uh, on the NES, like, and a working NES console, maybe not as easy to come by as it was in the late eighties. So, and then even if you do have one, it might not be so easy to or cheap to get it working on a modern TV with um sort of. 1980s TV level latency and input lag and things yeah. like that. So, yeah, like emulators would probably be fine, but I imagine that there's some like maybe community consensus over which emulators are best and which emulators you're allowed to go with. But you know, maybe something wrong. that replicates the product as like <laughs> authentically as possible, I guess. Okay, well, here Speedruns Live is the premier site for this. Is what. Is basically what I've what I've come across here. Um, it seems like this is like the, you know, a pretty big professional community, and I think I think communities within themselves have kind of established some of the rules mm. for that 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 specific community. Um, but I think I think these are widely accepted. You know, like I think like certain things like one of the things they were talking about is like. Um, sequence breaking is is a um, that's an actual like um, method methodology for speedrunning. Now, what is sequence breaking? That is where I'm going to try to explain this. Um, let's see. Here. Explain it to me, doctor. So, while what is it? Routing routing it becomes apparent. Some of the goals. Blah blah blah. Okay, the term sequence break. First used in 2003 online discussion forum about Metroid Prime. Um, something about the gravity suit ice beam before TARDIS. Since then, the X before Y. So it's like, I guess there's a way that you can break a sequence that the character does. Like between two moves is the way I was reading this. Yeah. Um, so, so to give you an example. Um, so we're all sort of largely familiar with the, the, the structure of maybe an 8 or a 16-bit Zelda game, yeah? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, so like you'll need... Wait, which one? Uh, just any of them. <laughs> but there's like, bum, you, bum, you'll bum, go to a dungeon and you'll get like bombs and then you'll go to another dungeon and you'll get boomerang or whatever. And as you get the items, you'll reach a point in the game where you'll need the bombs, you'll need the boomerang, you'll need the arrows to progress. But a sequence break would let you um, sort of bypass those obstacles that or those dungeons that would require certain items and essentially sort of skip sections or get items or complete sections out of order in a way that would let you go faster or skip entire uh, sections entirely. Okay, that makes sense. And that I guess that's yeah. kind of what uh, like that um, that Mario bug is about. You know, kind of I guess breaking that sequence where you can bypass. Well, I guess that doesn't make sense. You don't need that's like, items more of that's run. more of an exploit like glitch. That's more considered a glitch. And then okay. there's different types of completion. Like you have an any percent, or you have a one hundred percent. Which on the one hundred percent, they're going to be a little bit more lenient on like the speed of it because the thing is, is that you're going for full completion. And being a full completionist in certain games, like you're not going to be able to do it in the time to just beat the game, you know what I mean? Like, just to complete the game. Because a lot of times there's other stuff you can do. Like, you know, in Zelda, for example, there's, like, other stuff you can usually do on top of whatever is the completion completion. Mm. Like, you know, there's, like, the 100% completion, and there's, like, the beating the game completion. Mm -hmm. So there are that. Then there's this low percentage, which I don't know what that is. It's, like, minimalist, minimalist, completionist. Completion requires the player to complete the game by obtaining the fewest key items. Okay, so that means like you would be negating certain items, and that might be as a result of your sequence um, breaking that you might have done. Okay, that all makes sense then. Yeah, so. Okay. 
And so, what, 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 while you're on that site, what are the other rules of speed running? So, we got sequence breaking and completions and low well, completions. That, that information, I actually got that information off of Wikipedia, but I know it's correct. I know it's actually correct. Um, because I've talked, I've, I, you know, I've talked to speedrunners about some of this stuff. Like, it's not the first time I'm hearing it. Um, well, let's see here. So, the site that I found was speedrunning. Well, they got speedrunning.com, then they got speedruns live. Um, so let's see. So if we go over to like. All right. Well, I have a question then while you're doing a little bit of that research. What's yeah. a game? Okay. I have two questions. Either one of you can answer either one of them. It's like, what's the most impressive speedrun you've seen? Or what's a game that you want to see speedrunned? Ooh. What's the most impressive speed run? Yeah, or what game do you want to see speed run, however you pronounce it? Well, see, I might think that it it hasn't been hasn't been uh, uh, sped run, but uh, I think uh, I would like to see someone speed run the shit out of Vampire. That'd be cool as shit. I would love to see someone speed run that game because Vampire. Yeah, you could totally do it. Like, I could totally see someone speedrunning that game. But it would be interesting because the fact that they would have to make choices, and it'd be it'd be interesting to see in a speed-type setting how they, dis, you know, their decision-making process, how it would be, like, altered as a result of that. That, to me, would be interesting. And for those of you guys who don't play Vampire, um, it's an RPG where... Uh, the fastest way to uh, boost your character is by, <laughs> um, they call it embracing, but it's really just drinking the blood and, and <laughs> murdering um, people that are but they make it not sound, just they like make the typical nice. NPC. <laughs> so, like, if you were to... <laughs> If you were to embrace a character, you then uh, murder. It not only makes their their district more <laughs> dangerous, but so you lose vastly. any like quests or side quests or uh, clues that they might give you to unlock other side quests. So choosing to like choosing who to eat and when is probably um, either, like, fully thought out and optimized by, like, a speedrunner or would be, like, something that varies from runner to runner, which would make it even more interesting to watch. Yeah, hmm. because another thing that I was thinking about with that game is some of the people, if you if you, if you bite, sometimes you can take out, like, a whole section and that could be bad because if you do that then you can't that's less people to level off of basically and that's kind of the unfortunate thing about about the choice that you could make and that's part of what i think would make the would make the speed run to be so interesting is is, is so lots of pathways you could choose to accomplish it yeah, and I just think it's got it's got the criteria that people want to see when it comes to um, speedrun type things, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Just because it, it it just it just has that that sort of it factor. Or I like I always love speed. I always watch. I always loved watching like Zeus Toast do like speedruns of Bloodborne or um, of uh, Dark Souls because it's just awesome to see someone. You know, just or any like, like from software title, just destroy a from game. Like it's just, it's it's crazy. It's just cool to see someone that's actually really good at the game. Like I mean, speed running and just in, in itself is definitely impressive because there's absolutely no way I'd be able to just dedicate myself to one game for that long to be like, well, I'm just really good at beating it really fast. Yeah, well, it's like Star Fox. Uh, I know a dude that like used to beat that on the regular, like in an hour's time. Oh, that's crazy. 
like maybe he i think it got even less than that but one of the really the i think the most popular ones are like banjo kazooie is super popular speed run uh, mario 64 is probably one of the biggest like that and the dark souls games i feel like are the big ones that people really 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 are watching i've um, seen some speed runs of um ocarina of time done and those ones are crazy because uh Oh, speaking of sequence breaks, I feel like he does that. There's um, one part where he bypasses the entire Dooku Tree Temple by just like backflipping into this weird spot, and then he lands and he's fighting the Spider Boss, and then he's like done, and then ends <laughs> up beating Ganon as a kid. Like he never beats the game while going adult. He just somehow oh, that's I don't weird. know. It was, yeah, it was a very weird speed speed run, and I was just like. <laughs> Like wow, how did you find all these? And a lot of it, he's like jumping backwards just to get all these glitches and things going through. And I was just like, but sometimes it'll be like a really weird game that I'll see someone like like speed runs, like it'll like, be something really strange. I don't know something out there. I'm trying to think of like one of the ones that I've seen that was like weird. Well, there, <laughs> there was one that I watched uh, just at, at the recent uh, summer games done quick there. And I was interested in watching it because it's a game that I had when I was younger but could never finish. And that was, was Marble it? Madness on the NES. The speedrun for it is like three and a half minutes because it's not a very long game. But part of the problem that they had when they were speedrunning it, they did it in two-player um, cooperative. So that adds another little wrinkle to it. But they found out while they were trying to build their speedrun that if they do it as fast as possible, the game crashes because... There's a certain point where, like, sort of, um, hoovers, vacuum cleaners will pop up and try and suck your marble off of the stage, and with two players on the screen, uh, and enough of the 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 vacuums coming up to sort of pull you off the level, it ends up being too much for the NES and it crashes. So they had to sort of work out ways to have only certain amounts of the vacuums on the screen at once and things like that to just to try and keep the NES from sort of locking up while they're doing their speed run. So, yeah, I find that really interesting just to see not just all these weird glitches that they had to work around in the game, but also just, like, how you actually get through that last level in Marble Madness that I could never do. Damn. I think... I uh, Yeah, yesterday, I think, was the last day for that. But the game's done quick. The... Yes. We're recording <laughs> on July 1st, and, yeah... Pretty sure on the thirtieth. I remember seeing that as well. But is there any games that you think that you'd be able to speed run? Like anything? Um, I I think Vampire is a is a high um, high candidate. Um, another one that I thought of. Out of like all out of all the games you've ever played, if someone told you like speed run this game right now or I'll kill you, like. <laughs> you, you, you pick Vampira? Uh, Vamp Vampira, I I don't know. Um, let me see. There was another one that I that came to mind that I really like, and that's part of the criteria for me because I feel like I have to really like it, or I don't think I'm going to commit the time to actually trying to do it. Um, because there's there's that game. Then there's like I'm trying to think of a game I played a lot extensively. I mean, I could see. One of the Zeldas would be hard, though. That'd be that'd be hard. Um, I had another game I was thinking of. Either Vampire or oh, uh, Resident Evil uh, Biohazard. Okay. Because I feel like I feel like I don't know. I feel like I could do one of those maybe, but I don't know. Maybe James, Mario sixty four could be one too. I don't know. James or Brandon, you guys got a game you think you could speed run if someone is holding a gun to your head? Oof. I mean, it wouldn't be fast, that's for sure. Well, but... let's just say fastest that is humanly possible for any of us. Diablo, maybe? The first Diablo? You could speedrun that? Any of the uh, Diablos. I mean, it wouldn't be fast, but it wouldn't be... Let's see what the... Terribly slow, because... That game has, like, movement-based skills and abilities that you can use to traverse large portions of the map. Yeah. James? Mm. Yeah, if, if I was going to do one, 
It'd probably be either Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo. Ooh. That's Sorry. such a good game. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've probably completed that game. That and Street Fighter oh. 2 are probably the most completed games for me. So, yeah, Super Metroid or maybe, and this one's probably a bit easier for me to accomplish, um, Power Blade on the NES, which... I haven't, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, oh. it's a bit like Castlevania. It's a bit like Mega Man. You're a, a okay. guy, jo a, sort of Johnny Cage side looking scroller. Guy. Yeah, except you chuck a boomerang. And it's... I was looking it up, and the record is 12 minutes and 55 seconds. For which game? Diablo. Oh, wow. 12 minutes and 55 seconds. No. If I had to choose one game, <laughs> then I think I mentioned to you guys this before, but now while we were on the air, was uh, in my prime when I still had use of my hands, I think I could have done a Metal Gear Solid 2. Because I played that game a lot and beat it a lot. And I got to the point where I could beat it in a day. So maybe with a little bit of a little bit more practice, you probably could have done like you know a lot faster. Oh, you could have seen me on games done quick. I would have raised one million dollars myself for Doctors Without Borders. Humble brag. <laughs> snap. Oh snap. Look at this guy over here. <laughs> yeah, watch out for him. Yeah. Well. Yay, speedruns, and games done quick. So, we had uh, another thing that um, we wanted to talk about was um, Handicap Arcades. Um, yes. Moving Arcade games. Or, yeah, because they're typically made for someone to stand at. Mm. And a lot of us don't really do a lot of uh, standing room only. Well, except for James. James is the, he's the black sheep out of us who can still stand. <laughs> yeah, it's just a... Uh... Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep, yep, there's no, nothing else to say. Yep. Nothing else to say. I, I wish we had somewhere. like a live video of all of us just like sitting there and James just like stands up and just like, you know, points his chin to the sky like, yeah, I can do this. But we don't. I mean, it's, but, it's, it's, yeah, it's funny to say that because um, us. Ah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Like, I have been... Get the joke. He can't stand us, you know. Well... All right. Okay. Yeah, that's that's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, James? No, as I was going to say, it's like there's is <clears throat> although obviously like a stand-up cabinet I can use, but there's just been a fair few cabinets that um, and they tend to be for things like when was the last one I played? Um. I think it was maybe for Tekken 5 or Tekken 6. And although the screen's really large, they've got the big two-player um, sort of joysticks and buttons with the sort of yeah. built-in seats and stuff. But for me, it's just it's too far away from the screen to really see what I'm doing properly. So, I mean, it's... it's <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's... There are some arcade games that, oh, that, you know, because of things like that, having to sort of sit back from the screen or things like that, that do cause me problems as well. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's much fear of those than um, than are you know, inaccessible to wheelchairs, obviously. So yeah, they're definitely not wheelchairs because because last week we were all talking about how James was at Dave, uh, um, Bill was at Dave and Buster's, and he brought up the the topic of you know arcades not being as handicap accessible. Yeah, because I was kind of looking around, and I was just like. Well, I guess the primary reason was there was this Halo game that I wanted to play. I wasn't, like, too fixed on it. I was like, eh, I can live without this. I don't need it. But um, it was kind of one of those sit-down on-rails shooters. On-rails meaning, like, you know, you're being... You're not guiding where you're walking or rolling, you know, whatever. It's uh, it's it's taking you there, basically. Um, right. So, we could have transferred me into there, yeah, but... The then that could have turned into a whole other other issue and it would just be annoying. But, uh, you know, one of the things is is that in terms of options, like things with ramps and stuff like that, it, it's not, there's not really a lot of that going on. And there's some games that, you know, like, like for instance, a strongman game, I'm not going to bitch at them about that, okay? Because that's designed for 
it's designed with the idea that an able-bodied person would use that anyways, and I, I'm not upset about that. That that I can get over. That's, like, not a big deal, non-issue. But I'm talking about games that they could be creative and they could potentially think of other ways. Like, one of the things I was thinking about, or we talked about, kind of, was, like, how with the older arcade machines, even though they weren't necessarily designed with, with accessibility in mind, a lot of them you can get right up to, you know, like the Pac-Mans and other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also the cocktail table versions of these games that we were talking about, where you can easily go up up there, and it's about the height of what a person in a wheelchair would be sitting down. Um, you know, obviously it varied depending on how tall someone was, but roughly it would be about the height that you would need for that. So. There is that. That was kind of interesting to me. Uh, but I think, like, another idea that I was just thinking of is they could have, like, a setup where they actually build some sort of system where it's, like, their arcade sticks can actually come out as a unit, and it can be, like, a wireless type of device, or they have some sort of wireless device that connects up to the arcade machine, and then that can be set either on a table or on the person's lap and be used... For them to be able to play the machine, it's right? Just, just something I was thinking about. I don't know, but anyways, you know, that's that's my take. So, um, kind of not on the same topic, but it is at the same time. Is that I was doing a little bit of research about um, handicap handicap accessible arcades, right? Um, and there was one company. Um, let me see what Jungle Rapids in North Carolina is like this um, almost like fun zone, you know, place. That they made their entire arcade and laser tag thing completely handicap accessible, like elevator, oh. la- laser tag, laser, laser mm-hmm. tag being accessible though. That really would, to me, that that that's a that's a big deal because that was a really fun thing that I used to do when I was a kid. Yeah, no, but that was that was I was kind of impressed when I was doing all this research. I was like, I was like, oh, you go Jungle Rapids. Uh, <laughs> Where is this located again? North Carolina. Hmm, let's go. Yeah, totally. Um, where is that I'll, in I'll drive. <laughs> yeah, where is that in relation to, like, um, say, the Outer Banks or... Uh, that, I have no idea. I just looked and found out that it was in North Carolina and stuff. But Okay, well, I, I want to look that up because that would be... That'd be cool. Yeah, I was pretty impressed about that. But as far as like actual arcade machines, I don't think any of those they made like handicap accessible per se, other than just you know being able to make them accessible to like as far as like uh you know if I wanted to go up to the arcade room, I could go up to the arcade room, but not like every arcade machine's like wheelchair friendly type thing, you know. But they yeah, but I mean at least there's a thought being put into this, you know what I mean? Like I know it's kind of seems like a kind of like a minor. Uh, topic but i feel like it's something that does need to be looked at because i mean let's face it arcade gaming is pretty freaking sweet and i think people anybody should be able to uh you know be able to enjoy that in some aspect right well there was the thing that uh you shared james with the the guy who made a he made a controller table for an arcade machine for a guy in a wheelchair yeah um you want to explain that yeah, well, basically, what it was was um, uh, a table for it was a set of arcade controls for an arcade for an arcade machine, which was sort of elevated to a point where you could quite easily maneuver a wheelchair under it, so you could get in and use uh, the arcade sticks, the arcade buttons, at the same sort of level as someone who, like an able-bodied person, would do if they were if they were playing it too. Um, yeah, it looked pretty cool, but I'm not having any practical sort of wheelchair experience. Um, I wasn't quite sure how it would like work ergonomically or with posture. Like, would your elbows be very raised, or, or you know, how would that actually work? But it seemed like a pretty cool idea. Yeah, the part that impressed me with that thing you shared was um, the guy who built it tilted the screen down too, so it would, the screen was at the same eye height as someone who was in the wheelchair, so you can get in kind of like glares or weird kind of like visual you know distortion from it too yeah yeah like sort of thinking about all the other additional things rather than just building the table 
Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, being our resident blind guy, James, like, like, what would you? Uh, like, wow. <laughs> we went there. <laughs> what? Yeah. Right. Yeah, was... All right. Okay. Go inter- for it. Um, <laughs> I'm interrupting every. I'm interrupting James and calling out his disability. What I was gonna say is what. Uh, what arcade <laughs> issues do you have, like with the eyesight, other than like you? You mentioned the one that the screens are too big. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just um. If I can't get close enough to the screen, then I'm probably not going to be able to play it. Because obviously I need to be able to see what's happening. So any game where the cabinet's designed in such a way as to sort of put the screen quite far back from where I'm sitting or standing, then I'm probably going to have difficulty. But there are... um, And to be fair, these games are, are, are few and far between, honestly. But there are some games out there that I've had difficulty playing because of um, colour blindness issues. So, for example, Super Puzzle Fighter, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, rather. Um, it's a Capcom-developed two-player versus puzzle game. Um, you know, as much as I love that game, um, being a bit colourblind means that I can't tell the difference between the yellow and green gems unless I really concentrate and try and figure it out. Um, and that's that's a big part of the game is matching the colours, you know, it's hard to be competitive when you can't tell the yellows and the greens apart. So but what I have found, um there are ways that you can mod arcade games. Now, it goes into that sort of grey area of like using running it through MAME, downloading the ROMs and hacking the ROMs and all that sort of thing. And if you don't legally own if you don't have the, the arcade board, if you don't legally own it then like, oh well, should you? Are you legally allowed to do this? And mm, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if that sort of thing bothers you and you're nervous about that, then I wouldn't do it. Um, but in some cases, you, there's um, I think it's romhacking.net is the website for it. I, I you know, don't take that URL in. I'll put it in the video. I'll put it in the podcast description. But you can download. Um, accessibility mods for some games to fix things like that just to like alter the colors a little to make like the in the case of puzzle fighter it makes one of the yellow and green gems i can't remember which um white so it's a lot more easily identifiable and that way you can play a competitive match against someone who you know isn't colorblind but isn't really going to be bothered by the yellow gems being white all of a sudden it won't make any difference to them so that sort of thing is pretty cool as well hmm so, I have another question because, um, um, what was I trying to say? Okay, so a lot of arcades nowadays, you see like VR like setups and stuff too. Do you have any problems with the VR set, like in the VR goggles, or like you know if you have to wear three D oh. glasses for an arcade? <laughs> VR, yeah, VR for arcade is a joke because the the way that they have done it is they have like a almost stadium style seating for a lot of them and that makes it almost impossible to um, it makes it almost impossible unless you get transferred to actually you know a seat yeah actually you know right yeah I don't know so if there I is that But I, uh, James, I mean, like, do you have like any problems with the, that stuff visually, though? Like, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I do. Um, just actually, sort of, you know, as, as having my having both eyes sort of with their own separate images, I do have a little bit of trouble trying to sort of actually focus them on on the objects. You know, my eyes have trouble sort of interpreting what's going on, sort of thing. I mean, I've already got like a you know, pretty bad double vision as it is, but it's you know, it doesn't seem to make it any that much better in the with the VR headset one. Um Dad, you... Yeah, so it's 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 hard for me to say, honestly, because I've only ever really used VR on one occasion a few years ago. Um but generally yeah, it doesn't mice take so long to adjust to it and then once they do <laughs> once they do, it's 
it's not it's not great i still you know even though the screen is like right up against my eyes i still have trouble sort of seeing things in the in the distance in the game which is super weird so me brandon and bill would have trouble getting up to the arcade and you'd have trouble seeing it aren't we a a pair of or no pairs two people now VR, <laughs> now VR a bunch. Head, headsets at home. Um, there are some games that I can use the controller with, and there's some that I cannot. If I can't use the controller with it, that's usually a problem. All right. So, what's an arcade game that you guys would absolutely love to play right now, despite your disability? Ooh. What? What a game that I wish I could play, or a game I'm playing right now? No. What's a game? Well, like. <laughs> Say you just walked into the arcade and you're like, I want to play that game, but I can't. But like, which one would you want to? Like for me, I would love to play Time Crisis, but you know, you need the feet to be able to stomp on that pedal to duck and then hold the gun to shoot at the screen. So that's not going to happen for me, but I would love to play it. And yeah, I mean, I'd like to play some of those a little bit more effectively or games where you can just like you sit in something. Like uh, the Jurassic Mm. Park game. It's been so long since I've even seen a stand-up video game. Oh, my God. But um, for me, I guess any pinball machine, for sure. Really? You're a pinball wizard? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, well, you know. Pinball wizard? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Seriously, though. Um, either that or Area 51. Yeah. Say. Which one was Area 51? Oh. It was that old alien. <laughs> Just really old. It's it's dating us. Oh, let's see. Like, it sounds super familiar, but I can't remember. Oh. It's Bennett, bowling alleys, uh, arcades, whatever you can think of. Yep. Mm. Right. So, yeah. James? What's yeah. your answer? For me, um, like, I'm a, a a big old school Sega head, so like I'd, I'd never see one of these. In, I'd never see one of these in the wild, but maybe just if if a miracle happened, I'd love to try the Sega R360 arcade machine, which is a sort of 360 degree or goodness, I don't even know how you describe it. Basically, you go inside like a, a rotating sphere. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember some, those. You play something like it might be like Afterburner or Geolock or whatever, one of these old Sega sort of flight flight games. But I always thought they looked really cool. And the only time I've ever seen one is in the only time I've ever seen them is in like Sega magazines from back in the day, or of pictures of Michael Jackson's arcade sort of room in his house being cleared out after he passed away. So. Yeah, that was maybe a good chance to get one <laughs> if you're <laughs> turned up at the Jackson Estate auction. But aside from that, you know, they're, they're pretty thin on the ground, especially working. Yeah, that's I I totally agree. I remember seeing those back in the day. I'm like, I would totally play one of those now because I don't think I've ever even got the opportunity to try one. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're as well as that. Like, even if I did see one back in the day. It probably would cost like two pounds to play, and that's like well out of child James's budget range. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've never been able to afford even a single shot on that machine. But... So mm. yeah, just, just in fact, I would settle for just anything old Sega. Just give me an old Golden Axe. That'll do. Oh, Golden Axe. Ah, oh, that's a remember that game, but. Well, that's a uh... yeah. <laughs> um, arcade games. If only they were more accessible. It sucks that they're not. But you know, wow. like um. Well, how huh? could they be made accessible? That's what I was wondering. I guess that's the million-dollar question. Mm. Yeah, because there's so the like arcade games are made for the general public, you know, and so. There's such a range of disabilities that how would you accommodate for every single one at that point, you know? And I can understand why arcade games aren't as accessible as they are, but it would be awesome if they were just a little bit more, you know? 
It's almost like it would be totally cool if they all had a universal port where you can connect a uh, maybe like a lap based set of controls. Yeah. But then yeah. you'd have to. That you'd have, I mean, you'd have to request it from the desk, but they'd have it, maybe. That's yeah, one option. That could probably be the only way to really do it, I, could, I would imagine. Yeah. I'd, I honestly, I'm kind of like just drawing a blank there, but other than like, that seems like the best option that you could do for a general audience with. I just, you know, it, I, it's hard to fathom how they, an arcade system, uh, or arcade as in like the building would be able to, you know, just think of every disability because, yeah, like I said, it's made for the general public and most of the general public's abled, which is a bummer, but that's the reality. The nature of the beast. The only other mm-hmm. option, the only other option I would say, and this sort of maybe when you would, you would lose the, the arcade um, sort of community experience there, but if you're like really keen to play arcade games, but you can't yeah. get to an arcade or the arcade doesn't have the control options to sort of allow you to play it or whatever, then there is always things like MAME. You know, you could always just yep. not that um, obviously that's it's that is basically software piracy at that stage, but at the same time, like like I said earlier, like kind of like who cares, um. I don't think they come Actually, after. I don't think it should be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's that's a discussion for another time, I suppose. But right, like, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, we're not condoning anything, but we're saying that cloud exists. Yeah, but if yeah. there is a way that you could find, yeah, the software like... of the thing and somehow transfer it to the computer, then yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like I mean, Mame itself isn't illegal. The emulators themselves aren't illegal, and our good old friend the internet does have these things lying around. You, you can just you can find them; they're out there. Um, there are some oh, very dodgy sites. The There's some very dodgy sites to. Um, so I mean, it's not always a good idea to go. You know, do your research first, obviously. But mm-hmm. with things like, because it got me thinking, like, obviously, time crisis would be. Um, out of the question. Yeah. For someone that has to like use a foot pedal and hold a big plastic gun, but through emulation, you could probably play Time Crisis. Um, if you can use, if you've got sort of pointer control, then I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Time Crisis is emulatable now on a decent PC, at least. And you might not be able to have access to all the buttons. You know, depend on how many buttons that you can use, or how you know how many inputs you have. But but I mean, if you have the accessible Xbox controller, that, that could lead to some options, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Where there's a will, there's a Tweak way. It. Where there's a will or a wheel. Where there's, there's a, a wheel, there's a way. Yeah, so, you know what? I'll I'll <laughs> look roll. at it because I'm I'm emulation is something that I I used to be very very keen on. Um. So yeah, I'll... the only <laughs> yeah. Emulators are the only thing that I have a problem with. I like I like having things in a compact form. Like I like I would love to have like a box that kind of just had sort of every console to it, you know, and like one like in one box. And just mm. like you could just you know. I think there are things that exist. I've seen some stuff on Amazon. There are. We should we should talk after this. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll talk you through some stuff. Um mm. Rather that's... than just having your computer bogging it down with like all this, you know, yeah, how it is. You start installing software, then it leads to more software. Just like, just like too much stuff, like all over the place. Yeah, well, um, cluttered. Certainly. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, I don't know how compatible this device would be with things like the Xbox Adaptive Controller. I'm sure it would probably work fine, right? But I couldn't. I've not tested it myself, so I'm not 100 percent sure. But I know that um, the Raspberry Pi. Computers, um, it's like thirty-five dollars or something for a Raspberry Pi, ten dollars for a cheap, cheapo case, you know, a couple of dollars for a, like a power supply and an HDMI cable, and then you can download what's called um, RetroPie, which is a a a disc image, uh, 
what is that? Yeah, retro, oh yeah, retro pie. Oh yeah. yeah. And then you just speaking of the raspberry pie. Apparently uh, four. the Yep. Four, and raspberry got Pi the, four. The biggest uh biggest RAM you can get for that is four gigs. Isn't that awesome? And it'll run two four K monitors. Four gigs. That's a huge step up. <laughs> huge step That's up from the last that one. awesome. Yell it louder. Four gigs! <laughs> My ears. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm sorry you asked for it. <laughs> you ask and you shall receive. Yeah, very right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was gonna, trying to think of a joke about four that rhymes with four, but I can't think of anything. Yeah, cool. Just four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he hit someone in the head with a golf ball. Oops, sorry. But I said four, so it's okay. Four gigs. What? Four uh, babies. Uh, I feel like that's a good place to start wrapping things up. We, we you know, we talked about speed runs. We talked about arcades today. Unless you guys have any closing arguments you want to add to to the old cast. Well, I actually have just noticed something. Um, I, As a streamer, obviously, I need to be on Twitter a lot. Yeah. And my favorite four games ever is currently trending. So why don't we take a little bit of time and just go around and say what our four, favorite four games ever might be? Ever. Favorite four games. Ooh. Ooh, it's gonna be a difficult thing. Um. Okay. Um, let me see. Let me see. Um. All right. I think I got. All right. Fallout Four is one of them. Bioshock. Bioshock That's Infinite. Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite are both two of my favorite games. Um, I, the second one I liked okay. It was alright. It could have been better. Um, so that's that's three. Um, Uncharted. Uh, Last of Us. Alright, that's four. There you go. You've gone over. Alright, well I'm oh, thinking... Oh, you console peasants. Wish I could play that. Hmm. Well, actually, let me get rid of. I'll get rid of one of those. Wolfenstein 3D has to be like the first one, and then Bioshock, and then um, Left 4 Dead, not Left 4 Dead, uh, Last of Us, and then uh, Uncharted probably. Okay, hmm, I think mine would probably be um one of the Metal Gear Solids. I'll go with Snake Eater and Ocarina of Time. Link's Awakening and Diablo 2. Dude, Link's Awakening, that new one. Oh. Mm hmm. All right, Brandon, what are your four? I, too, will have to say Fallout 4. Uh, that game gave me like almost a solid year of enjoyment, like playing it regularly. Hey, I got and the settlement. It regularly. Hey, I got a settlement for you to help me with. Oh, God. <laughs> Preston. <laughs> um. Yeah, I actually had a mod to make him, like, not be quite so pushy about the settlements. But, okay. That. Uh. I would have to say. I really enjoyed Borderlands 2, and I haven't even finished, like, going through it. Um, and then, what is that, 3? 2? Yeah, you had Fallout 4, Borderlands 2, and, so you got 2. Ah, I got 2 more. Okay, um... Hey, he's got 2 more! <laughs> uh, Borderlands. I really, I, I mean, who would I be if I didn't say Warframe? Okay, three. And then finally, Earthbound. Earthbound. Hmm. Right. For the Super Nintendo. That game, if, you have, if you've never played that game, then 
um, I feel bad for you, son. Because <laughs> you have, like, 99 problems. <laughs> and one of those is not having played Deathbound. And this is number one. <laughs> Fix it! Uh, that's that's sad. Like, list. imagine if you took a bunch of game devs and writers, and you like just force fed them all, um, like a sheet of acid a piece. Put them in a room together and say, "Make a video game." <laughs> yeah. that video when game? they when they stumble out. The, that is the cartridge that they would hand to you. Would be Earthbound. <laughs> oh, Earthbound, Earthbound. Yeah, I have, I have attempted to play that shit. I oh, it is, it. it is beautiful. It is hilarious. It's easy to play, and like, if I, I like Ness. Ness is awesome. Is he going to one with a character called? One of my called... favorite characters in Super Smash. I'm actually pretty good with him. Hmm. Yep, that's the game he's from. Nice. Well, that's a that's a tasty list you got there. Mm-hmm. James, what are your top four? Uh, right. Okay. I know the first two. It would be um, Streets of Rage two on the Mega Drive and Super Metroid on the SNES. For the other two, mm. that was a really good game, Super Metroid. Yeah, it was. For the other two, Super Metroid. Uh... Not I'd, just not just regular super. Let's see. I'd probably go with um maybe Virtua Fighter 4 Evolution. Played a ton of that. Um, yeah, I just I really like fighting games, but Virtua Fighter, the Virtua Fighter series is probably my favorite. Yeah, the lead character, the main character in Shimu is actually a Virtua Fighter character. Yeah, it's like the same team, I think, that AM2 that made all the Virtua Fighter games that made Shenmue. Yeah. yeah. But, Which, um, that's an interesting one. There's threes coming out soon. So, what is your top four again? You uh, said Super so Metroid, Street Super Fighter. Metroid, Streets of Rage 2, <clears throat> and what did, what did I just say? <laughs> what was that game? Rewind the tape! Rewind the tape! Oh, jeez. I've completely forgotten the game I just said. Uh, I, Virtua Fighter me. 4 Evolution. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. And oh, I hate myself for saying it, but probably World of Warcraft. And hey, that was a good game. I, it's, it's, it was a good game when I started wow. playing it 15 years ago. Uh, when it started, <laughs> and it was a good game when I played it half an hour before I came on to do this recording. And <laughs> it's disgusting how many hours I've put into it. Like, just how many hours did we put into it, James? Uh, it, let's see. You're you're talking at least um, two thousand hours, easy. Holy shit! And that's my my, my partner's putting. Well, I, let Damn. me see. Like the hours, the hours. Um, right. I mean, that was a while ago. I measured it, but um, let's see. We we did a calculation recently, myself and my partner, and we found out that. If you took, oh, like, she, she plays it as well, and she plays it more than I do, and that she's put in. If you just put like all the hours back to back, then it's like six months, and for me, it's something <laughs> like maybe three or four. So like, I've got I've got whole summers that were just spent sitting on a, a chair that we called, and you know, it's not a nice name for a chair, but we called it the Crippler because it was anyone else who sat <laughs> on it would come away from it with like terrible back pain. And I, would I think it's a very appropriate name of for a chair. It was one I of these like, a... it was just a fold out chair, but it was all wooden panels, wooden like wooden uh, slats. Oh god! Oh, one of those. Oh. Yeah. So I would put like a little oh. pillow on it and sit on it, and I would be fine. But anyone else who sat on it would be like, Kyle, how do you sit on this chair? My back's killing me, and I'd be like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> but so everybody it's else, magic. So everybody else you... called this chair the crippler. Uh, because they'd go away feeling like as if they'd suffered a serious back injury from it. It was, it was really, um, really uncomfortable for them. So that, a little fold-out table, a laptop, and the curtains closed all summer, multiple summers, and then just like most evenings, raiding with Ice Crown Citadel with a girls that was mostly full of Danish people. Weird. Well, 
We all have our vices, but I want every listener now to start using the hashtag the crippler. <laughs> it's just that that was my that's my wrestler name. <laughs> that's my porn star name. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, man, grief. <laughs> Swish. Oh, every uh, every sweat. partner doesn't walk away the same. Swing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. If they walk away at all. Oh! <laughs> What's walking? Uh, all right. I think on that note, that's uh, after our top four is a perfect place to wrap everything up now, don't you say? Wrap it up in a sweet little package. All right. Here's the package for you, Bill. Thanks for tuning in to another episode <laughs> of Wheel Life Problems. You can subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found and follow us on Twitter at Problems Wheel and use the hashtag the Crippler. You can follow me on social media. I'm at the Rickles. You can follow Bill at Wheelchair Gamer with with a three for the E. Yes, sir. Brandon at Accessible Gamer, and you can follow James Kyle at James Kyle. Thanks again, and remember to keep it wheel. <laughs>